You're listening to a special Comics Pals review. We are here to talk about the movie, the one and only Venom. Uh, we actually just saw it. It's Thursday, release day. We got home from New York Comic Con 2018. We're going to be talking about that on the show. So check it out if you uh, want to hear our thoughts about the actual event. Um, but for this, we're talking Venom. And uh, of course, as you guys know, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, Pete has been very against this movie. So you're absolutely going to want to stay tuned to hear not only his thoughts, but the rest of ours. We're going to start this the way we always do with these film reviews. We're going to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, because the movie was released only today, there is no audience score. So we can only do the Rotten Tomatoes score. So uh, let's start with Marco. Take a guess at the Rotten Tomatoes score for this film. I kind of saw this earlier. Uh, maybe, maybe you should go last. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Phil, go. Um, uh, I kind of have a sense of the range. Uh, I think it has, at this point, like a 40%. Uh, I'm gonna popcorn this to my new audition for our show to be the kale surrogate, <laughs> Mr. Robert Thompson from the video game pals. Professional kale oh. surrogate over here. Hey Thompson, uh, not doing my job actually. Morning for the show a little bit. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> but this, um, this is our first time on an episode together, guys. Yeah, it's it, this is a crossover episode. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, I had to say it. Uh, ambitious. <laughs> based on based on what he said, forty percent ish. We can go with that. That sounds that sounds fair. Not incriminating at all. Okay, Pete. So like, yeah, I, I know it's somewhere in the forties, but I'm tr- I'm always trying to scoop up those points. So I'm gonna go forty. I'm gonna go forty-one. Would be a dick and go forty-one. All right, Bob Barker. Jeez, Marco, what, what what do you think it was? So earlier I saw thirty. Okay. I think. It is has risen to thirty-two. Oh, oh, oh. oh all right. Uh, well, no surprise here. Marco is the closest. He's incorrect, but he's the closest. Uh, currently, as of Thursday, as of release day, the Rotten Tomato score for Venom is a hefty, hefty twenty-nine percent. Oh, it went down. Oh, damn. Damn. That's yes. the year the stock market crashed, fellas. Wow. <laughs> that is a huge bag of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, which is very unfortunate, but it may surprise you to learn that our feelings about the movie don't align with that score. They definitely don't. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with the spoiler-free section. So if you want to hear us talk about the film, but you don't want to be spoiled, we've got a section for you on that. So stay tuned. If you want the spoilers portion, that's going to come a little later. So we'll get the spoiler-free portion out of the way here. Uh, and let's start with the the man of the hour. I think mm-hmm. Let, let's go ahead and start with Pete. Pete, you, you were ready to hate this movie. You lambasted it before we even saw one piece of footage. You said time and time again on our show, this movie's going to be trash. What'd you think? Spoiler free. Wait, let me help him out for a second. I think his foot is in his mouth. Let me dislodge <laughs> that. Is it really? We've got video. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I think it's more that I'm experiencing some some uh, stomach issues from all the crow I'm gonna have to eat uh, on this podcast. Uh, my spoiler-free thoughts on this film are: it's it's not a good movie, 
but I, I enjoyed it so much. I, I laughed a lot. It was incredibly funny to me. My hands are literally swollen from how much I was like gorilla clapping at some of the moments. Like it's it's a really great B movie with a with like a blockbuster budget. Well, maybe that's a little generous because it's you know we'll talk about the CGI and stuff. Uh, not that it's bad. I just mean there's some stuff there. But uh, overall, I I I went into this movie with like John said. Uh, with all, I was 100% prepared to hate it. I was 100% to come on this podcast and listen to you guys all pretend that you liked it <laughs> and just to bust my balls. Um, and I sat down in this movie tired from a day of Comic Con and being like, I can't believe I'm going to spend $16 to waste two hours of my life when I'm tired and I want to go home. Want to go home. And <laughs> by the middle of it, I was laughing my ass off and I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah, Turk. Oh my goodness. Okay, so before we even move forward, I just want to clearly and plainly acknowledge the fact that we just did a bad take segment on the show, and as it turns out, Pete. Absolutely had the worst take for two years. For two years running, yeah. Here we go. He said Venom would be bad. He put his word on it. He banked it. Yeah, dude. And he liked it. uh, I'm I'm ready. I I'm ready. I I I mentioned in our vlog. I'm prepared to die by uh, you know by way of 59 negative YouTube comments. So start uh, just start them up. You know, start lambasting me. It's fine. For two years. This jerk sitting to my far right was saying things like, No! I don't want this movie! God! Pretty much almost in verbatim there. Yeah. I I feel like there was some kind of a bet that we'd made. Am I, 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 I don't know. Wait, I don't wait what was it? I remember betting... Sean a pizza over something. I don't think it was whether over Venom would be good. Was this it? You bet me a pizza. Was this it? Why the hell would I take a pizza bet? I can't eat pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't even make sense. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the idea for, that I had, I don't know if we solidified this bet, but my idea was for Pete to go around all of New York Comic Con for the rest of the weekend that we're here just telling everyone how good the movie is and being a complete Sony shill. That would actually be really, really funny. So, uh, we will absolutely have a field day with Pete once we get to the regular episode. But for now, we'll we'll let you off the hook. Uh, <laughs> so instead, we'll we'll turn it over to Phil, who had the exact opposite prediction that Pete did. What'd you say about this movie, Phil? Well, Sean, I'm glad you asked. For two years, you see, through the news segments of our show, <laughs> I explained to the listeners at home, and to my fellow pals, that it could be good. That you did. Wasn't that the origin, in fact, of that phrase? That, in fact, was the origin, Sean. That is where we all learned that anything could be good. And do you know what today is? Do you know what the word of the day is? What is the word of the day? Vindication. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Feels so good. E-N-O-M. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
We Brilliant. are vindicated. <laughs> we no, 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 no. are vindicated. We are vindicated. You are wrong. Well, I just made the joke, all right. right. Uh huh. <laughs> I already agreed to take my lumps up here, aren't I? And so take them. <laughs> <laughs> no, when Sean said you were off the hook, that didn't mean you'd be completely off the hook, okay? No, no. We're gonna, up, booze. we're gonna be dunking on you intermittently on this episode, Dunk. like we are all collective Shaquille O'Neal. So, what what'd you think about the movie, Phil? Well, you know what, vindication, Sean, it tastes pretty good. Can you say I know, it? right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you say that it? Oh yeah, I think the the collective feeling coming out of this movie is frankly it slapped. <laughs> 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 Oh. Marco's new dad. <laughs> and you see, it wasn't just me that was talking about how good this movie was. My own brother was saying this for two years, <laughs> and Pete owed him an apology, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, anyway, the movie was enjoyable. It was really funny. Um, it was quick-paced. It had the bare-bones structure of a plot, and that kind of glued everything together when it came unraveled. Uh, a quality ass film, and I'll tell you one thing: it definitely wasn't a twenty nine percent. Going into it with a certain mindset helps. Uh, I sort of went into it because sort of the way that the the trailers had laid the movie out, expected to be more horror focused, and then the comedy kind of came out of nowhere for me, and that disrupted the flow of things. Uh, and then maybe halfway through, I was like, you know what, I I'm. I'm going to take it for what this is. <laughs> and then I had a lot of fun. <laughs> um, after a while, I was like, all right, this is the movie and this is what it is. And, and what it was was entertaining at the very least. I definitely think going in with like low expectations helps. Yes. Yeah, I think if you go with high expectations, you set yourself up for a fall. <laughs> Thompson, what about you? Based on the trailers, I was like, this is going to blow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just being honest, like, I really had no hope for this. And, like, you know, I'll watch anything. Like, that's I like bad movies, too. So, I mean, going in there, having legitimate laughs, having, like, moments that I was actually like, wow, I can't believe, like, this isn't a waste of my time. Like, I was genuinely happy with it. Like, you know, it's definitely not a 29 in my book. I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time, but, like, it was really fun to watch. Not- like, I kind of want to see it again. Like, not in theaters, but, you know, I'd definitely watch it again. That says more than some movies, so. Likewise. Not yeah. bad, surrogate Kale. Not bad. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what he does because, you know, the program he hasn't kicked in yet, but, well, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Man, I feel like he's only operating at about 50% capacity. You made through that entire statement without insulting someone, so. Well, <laughs> namely me. I'm waiting to insult you harder, you know, it's just like, speaking of which, like, how many times have I told you it was going to be good? Like, how many times? Tom straight up told me he had a dream that it was going to be good, and that I would, <laughs> that I would actually have the moment where I would be like, you know? It was good. I yeah. thought I would hate it, but I, I gave her up. Yo, oh, that's beautiful. It was like a fever dream, too. I woke up in a cold sweat like, that can't be real. That can't be real. This movie's going to blow ass. This is Thompson-ness. Happened. <laughs> so, as for me, I went into the film with lowered expectations based on, 
you know, what we've all seen online, the reviews, the really just the the attack on this film. People compared film. it to Catwoman. Yeah, the comparisons to Catwoman, you know, saying it feels like a very much like an early 2000s uh, superhero film. And I think that there's an element of that that's probably true. Yeah. A lot of those movies had super flimsy plots. A lot of them had paper-thin villains. Uh, they were very by the numbers. They didn't really do anything challenging in any way. And this movie ha- has that for sure. You can definitely feel that early 90s Daredevil, Electra type thing. But there's a charm about this movie that I think a lot of people have either just discounted or didn't didn't you know didn't catch or whatever. But uh, I came in with lowered expectations and I got a movie that really surprised me. To be honest, I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. The trailers, I I personally feel like the trailers did this movie very little justice. Yeah, I think the trailers. Didn't they didn't showcase exactly what it was gonna be like? Uh, it really is a horror movie with a lot of comedic elements to it that are intentional. You know, I have I've been asked by other people who you know who haven't seen it is the comedy even intentional? And it definitely is. Um, I think the horror stuff that they did, especially some of the some of the body horror, it doesn't get too gruesome. But I like that. It makes sense for a Venom film. Um, and then the comedy was very on point. The, the actual symbiote Venom was really funny. Uh, overly so in some instances where it's like, well, I mean, we'll get into to the you know deeper criticisms a little later. Um, if I had any critiques, it's that I wish the villain was a little... The, I wish the life foundation was a little more fleshed out in general. I wish they had spent more time with that. Did you notice um, that making the build a different color? <laughs> that would have been really smart. Although, it's comic accuracy. Riot is that sure. color. Um, so, you know, if they didn't want to do Carnage, that was the next best thing, I guess. And um, So, I, I... Yeah, go ahead. I had a question. The comedic elements that were thrown into this... Like, are those intentional? Uh, like, b- based off the um, the Venom booklet that we did, um, it sort of seems like it's shoot a character to some extent. But how accurate a portrayal was this Eddie Brock written as? Good enough. Uh, the the Eddie Brock portion is not really accurate. No, I would say. Um, the Venom portion is. The Venom is very, you know... He's like quippy, kind of. Yeah. He, 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 so, I always I always interpreted it as because the symbiote was with Spider-Man, it took those elements from him, like the quips, the oh, sense of humor. Interesting. Um, and so, for that reason, it doesn't make sense in the movie why he's like that. But again, that's just what they wanted to do, so it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's very accurate, I would say. Yeah, I think it's it's close enough. You know, like the, the places where art, the places where it doesn't feel accurate are generally not that important, and they're changed because the framing is different. 
You know, like they're different because it wouldn't make sense for them to be the same. You know, or like because it served the the plot that they had here and what they had to work with here, which was you know, um, I think a sizable amount of the tool chest or the tool, the toy box, I guess I should say, was kind of on the table, but a lot of the kind of like key foundational elements were, and I think that's where some of that dissonance comes from. You know, because like you said, like, does that make sense in the comics? Yeah. Should he be like that in the movie? Like, I maybe, I guess. Like, you know, I personally thought that was a choice that worked for me because the movie didn't take itself seriously and I didn't either. So the fact that that didn't make sense, it was like, well, I don't care. It was like, I don't care. None of this makes sense. You know, it doesn't make sense that, um, okay, actually, I can't make this point without spoiling. So let's put a pin in that point and then we'll, you know, we'll wrap up our spoiler for thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to shout out Michelle Williams because I didn't realize that she was going to have as much to do in the movie as she did. And I was really pleased with that. Uh, I've always been a fan of hers ever since the Dawson's Creek days. And I <laughs> whatever. I, I think she did. That. I love that. I love that you just shout out Dawson's Creek. <laughs> hey man, uh, I'm not hiding. Yeah, and and I think she did a really good job. I think Tom Hardy. Did a good job. Loved him in this movie. Really surprised me. Yeah. Very surprised. Like I still thought his accent was not great, but his acting was spot on. He was so neurotic and paranoid, and the, <laughs> I, I don't know if this movie did this on purpose, but this is something I interpreted: is um, the way they treated the symbiote in a lot of the second act was as if he had schizophrenia, you know, had like a second personality because of the symbiote in his head. And um, the way he played it, he was, like, he was extremely neurotic, and he was extremely paranoid. And uh, it, made, it made for a really good comedy. And that's, of course, not the expense of people that actually have schizophrenia. But he played it really well. I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah, I think I was really surprised by his comedic chops. Like, his timing was really good. A lot of the lines were, like, lines that were not inherently funny, but his delivery was good. You know, and like that's that's pretty awesome. It was off putting, you know, down to the accent, which I actually think was probably more deliberate. Like, if you think it was bad, it was bad for you. But I think that that was a deliberate choice because I think it was supposed to be here's this character who's not really that sure of himself, who's got an, a weird way of speaking. Even his dialogue was 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 like off a lot of times. Uh, it just seemed like that was the point, and I, I I have to believe that that was intentional. But the movie could also just it could have just been poorly written. That that was kind of how it felt for me. It was like it felt like sometimes it was intentional, and sometimes it was just Tom Hardy kind of getting by on being charming and and funny enough, you know, for lines that were a little bit like stilted. But it was like the whole movie was a little corny. So, like, it being corny and self-aware, like, I felt like the kind of hammy dialogue, like, played into it in a way that, like, if it wasn't intentional, it felt intentional, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I also I also really, really enjoyed the action. Um, I don't think that it – it doesn't try to do massive set pieces, but what it does do – it shows you how the symbiote works and what it can do. And I thought that all of those moments, except the big boss battle, were were really cool. 
I really enjoy all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think the two big action set pieces are actually the worst action in the movie. Like it was the the smaller interactions that, like you pointed out, that really worked for me. I think the most. So uh, let's give our our final impression. You can give it a score, and then we'll jump into the spoiler portion. Uh, Marco, why don't you start your final impressions and your score? Final impressions. Um, I think that definitely go into this with a lighter mindset. Uh, don't take it seriously because the movie doesn't, and you'll have a lot, a much better time doing that. And if anything, <laughs> uh, I will, I will credit some of the sort of direction and the, um, just cinematography. The lighting, for example. It was always a blue hue, which contrasted really, really nice against uh, Venom. Anytime he was kind of like jumping through shadows, mm-hmm. you catch like a glimpse, uh, a glimpse of them. So it was a nice blue wash across a lot of the lights. Um, even some of the special effects were in like this bright blue, uh, and I thought that was just really cool. To sort of, there was a nice attention to to detail that I thought I was like, oh, that, that's that's nice in order for the movie to just look a little bit more um, aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little, it was a little corny, but it was fun. Cool. What's your rating? Um, six. Okay. Six out of five is really good. (laughs) Stellar. (laughs) Stellar even. Honestly, Oscar award winner. Hey, Suicide Squad won one, right? Suicide Squad won. We have precedent. There's precedent. Oh, sure do. All right, uh, Thompson. I, I'm I'm pretty close on on everything he's he said. Like it's you gotta go in with open mind, man. Like if you saw the trailers and you're like, hey, you know, like that's what I'm in for. Um, the comedy is is really well done. I think I don't think you're like gonna expect that from what you saw in any sort of previews or anything. And I think like there's a lot of moments <laughs> in there that you'll just kind of like be taken aback like oh that was actually a fun thing or that was a really cool scene or like you i really enjoyed that one part or something there's 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 some love in it and like the lighting was really nice the whole time like i really dug it like um basically every scene had a nice tone to it you know what i mean like for what was going on at least and um you know just like overall like i actually had a lot of fun with it which i'm really surprised because i didn't think i would and I love bad movies. Like, I really love a lot of bad movies. And I thought, man, this is like mystery science theater I'm going into. So, score, though, um, like, I'm going to give it a seven, honestly. Mm. Mm. Okay. Phil? Not since Citizen Kane in 1946 have we, mm. Mm. the viewing audience, have received such a masterpiece. Mm. Cinematography, acting, writing. This may be the greatest film ever made. <gasps> this was a 10 out of 10. Whoa. And I have to think and believe this was a side effect of Thanos' finger snap at the end of the Infinity Gauntlet. What he really did was kill off all the like the world's population with good taste. <laughs> 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 Someone I know. That slaps. Someone I know said uh, Spider Man actually is in the movie, 
there's a moment when what? one of the janitors is sweeping up dust. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking brutal. <laughs> really, really good line. Really, really good. All right. Uh, for me, I give it uh, six. I think it's fun. I think it's a good ride. It's enjoyable. If you are intrigued by the movie, don't let the reviews sway you. Go see it and judge for yourself because I think you'll find something you weren't expecting. And I think at the very least, it's worth it to see Venom on the big screen done right in the physical sense, like the actual Venom character done right in that regard. Uh, Obviously, we all have our problems with what happened in Spider-Man 3. Uh, I think that for this character and ignoring everything else around him, he is redeemed by this, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah, I, I say go see it if you're... You know, on the fence. Pete. The man of the yes, hour. Yes, of the course. The man of the hour. Uh, I, um, yeah, I think, I think it's six, 6.5 in that range <coughs> is, is where, I, where I'm kind of landing. Um, I think there's a lot of problems with this movie. Like, uh, in, in almost every category, but I think the attitude that it carries itself with and how strong the second act of Eddie like bonding with the symbiote and kind of just figuring it out like that stuff is comedic gold there's like a solid 45 minutes of this movie where I was laughing the entire time and like I think that the stuff around it is kind of messy and atonal and you know we're going to get into some of the specifics on that um, when we do but I think because of how well I think it pulls off the humor and how good it visually captures Venom as a character, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's a win. Um, as much as I wanted it to be an L. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. What does it. that sound? What is it? Ah, yes, Vindication. Once again, the word of the day. Vindication. Beautiful. Cool. So that's going to do it for the spoiler-free section again. If you haven't seen the movie and you care about spoilers, then you're going to want to jump off now. But if you haven't seen it and you want to hear our full thoughts, then you can absolutely stick with us. Or you can go see it and come back. Your choice, but we're jumping into spoilers from this moment forward. Hopefully, a good amount of you are still with us. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the opening. Just because it was so funny to me from the beginning. The fact that the movie starts (laughs) with a a spaceship. I was just like, come on, man. Like, this is not, like, this this doesn't happen in, in, in real life. You're not having space missions where you're coming back with symbiotes, you know? Uh, I just thought it was a ridiculous way to start. And it definitely so the, the ship, the CGI for the ship was wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That looked really bad. It, like I audibly laughed. I was like, "Oh my god, what am I watching?" Uh, <laughs> it, it, it started me off poorly in terms of how I was feeling about the movie from the get go. Um, did you guys have that same reaction? Totally. Oh yeah, definitely. I thought it looked the ship looked ridiculous, and the fact that it didn't burn up in the atmosphere at the ridiculous speed it was coming in, and then slammed, and then didn't turned into dust was like hilarious too. 
my immediate thought too was like, and then granted, they, they definitely explained it by showing the symbiotes in glass pods. But I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah, the symbiotes true. didn't die in this explosion filled yeah. with fire. Yeah, like because we saw a car explode. And one of them get like severely injured, right? But it's like, but a but a spaceship burning up as it comes into the Earth's atmosphere was just fine. And there was like, you know, you think there'd be some pretty heavy sonic waves inside that tin can that would blowing up, right? Guess not. Yeah, they definitely ignored their own logic there. It was brilliant, <laughs> very clever, very playful, and and clever. There was actually a nice little Easter egg there, though, that I'm not sure if uh, many people caught. But um, the only survivor of the crash is oh, an astronaut. I know, I know, I know. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it's uh, Jameson. Yes. Uh, oh, nice. John, I didn't catch that. That, that's really good. Oh, I'm more proud of Marco. John, John Jameson is J. Jonah Jameson's son. He is an astronaut. And in the comics, he does not... He does not get taken over by a symbiote, but I think that was just a nice little nod to the books. So I appreciated that. Every comic. So, so Marco, what, what does he become in the comics? Ooh. Mayor. Mm, no, Governor. No, it was a good shot. President. It was, it was a good shot. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, we get introduced to Tom Hardy and uh, Michelle Williams and. I really liked their their dynamic uh, throughout the movie. Um, they were cute. Yeah, they were. And those opening scenes made me feel really bad for him when things went south. See, I actually had the opposite thought. Because I was kind of like, when they, when they showed us kind of the intro of like showing his show and his life and everything, I was like... You know, uh, maybe I can get into the idea of a movie about like investigative reporter Eddie Brock instead of him being Venom. Uh, but then when he pulls that shit where he like hacks into his girlfriend's computer and everything, yeah. I was like, he's a scumbag. That's and like cool. when she when she um, throws that in his face, kind of in the climax of the film, and she's like, it's it's nobody's fault but your own. Like I'm like, yeah, like, she's right. Like you're an asshole. Like you said you were gonna do this thing for your boss, you fucked him over. You lied and went behind your girlfriend's back and stole from her and got her fired. And you accomplished nothing. And I was like, he's a dick. And I felt like they wanted us to feel sympathy for him, but I was like, I didn't feel like that was a good, like, I can understand him doing the crusader thing with his job, he's a journalist, he wants to be a serious journalist. But stealing private documents from your girlfriend who's a lawyer is like, sketchy as fuck. Listen, without him doing that, he wouldn't have shown up at the Life Foundation to accuse mm-hmm. Mr. Mean Boss Man of all the bad things he's done. Yep. In which case, if he didn't do that, the assistant who had a moral conscience wouldn't have called Eddie Brock. And if he didn't come there, he wouldn't have become Venom. And then the bad guy would have went to space to that comet and brought a bunch of symbiotes to the Earth. And they would have been overpopulated. It was means to an end, Peter. And that's the whole movie. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. But no, uh, so speaking to that point, I didn't want him to be totally redeemable. I I wanted there to be that sort of screw up Eddie Brock that we're familiar with from the comics. And they represented that. But if you think about it, he was just trying to do good journalism. And yeah. he did what he thought was right. He thought he was going to bring justice to this piece of shit person 
And, you know, he did it in, in, you know, I guess what you could call a morally, you know, wrong way. But um, I think that's kind of Eddie and that's kind of Venom. You know, we see Venom eat the heads of, you know, villainous people. Well, that's what Eddie was trying to do. That was cool. Really quick. That actually reminds me of the pin I put in the earlier uh, point I wanted to make. That was the thing I wanted to bring up about the, the film's internal logic. Um, and I guess that plays into our whole fire issue. Um, did anybody else think it was weird that, like, the, the two characters who experienced devouring someone's head seemed to have, like, low-key no response to that? Yeah. Do you think that would be a more traumatic experience, yeah. devouring a person's head? I thought that was so bizarre. They just, like, he nommed, he's like, <laughs> And everyone in the theater went, whoa. Yeah, we, we all went, what the fuck? And then Eddie was just like, did you just eat a guy's head? Yes. Oh. Well, it's like, I mean, dude, they're, they're symbiotic. Like, you know, he would have the intention already inside of him. He would be kind of a understanding of that. And at the same time, he didn't fit. Like, Tom Hardy didn't, like, sit there with a fork and eat it. That would have been to a be different fair, movie. Though, I guess they did, this, to your point, Thompson, they did kind of establish that psychic link in the symbiote's intent with him eating the the garbage chicken yeah and stuff yeah so i guess i guess i guess that's not but insane. <laughs> but it's still nuts but uh, not it wasn't just the host that experienced no reaction the very last shot of the movie is venom eating a criminal's head and oh, a yeah. store clerk going oh she has seen some shit. And you know. Like, hey, she I'm just had so a gun bad. to her head. I'm so glad you're the one that called that out. Because that was, that's so. We're not so different here. <laughs> How is this what you're saying in this moment? <laughs> the brutality of someone being decapitated. Oh, Eddie! She doesn't have to pay the money anymore. Yeah, she just had a gun to her head. She's been saved by. This creature, I mean, listen, you let some things go in life. Yeah, for all she knows, for all she knows, she was like, oh, God, there's guns in my head. Oh, God, I hallucinated my friend, Eddie Brock, killing that man for (laughs) me. And she just, he ate his head. I don't know. That's what I saw, even if it's real or not. You don't know. Just suspend some disbelief. That's why it's a seven, not a six. (laughs) Sean, I like that point, though, where you're, you're talking about Eddie and Venom both having questionable means to solving problems. Because to Eddie... The bigger, you know, moral goal here was to bring down an evil organization that was testing on people illegally. Uh, and unfortunately, it blew up in his face. And honestly, that's because of the bad guy to begin with. He's the one that has everyone fired and pushed out, basically, because he misuses his power. Um, but I like that I like that connection you drew. Oh, well, Their questionable intentions could be explained that they're both losers, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, that actually... Brings me to another point that uh, bothered me in the film. Uh, I really didn't like the fact that the symbiotes, the only two symbiotes who you know we come to know are are uh, Venom and Riot, and that they have they come with names already and and personalities was really really weird to me. Especially with like those names, right? Those what what Riot. value would they have on some other planet? That's just weird. Yeah. And, like, I can totally buy the concept of, oh, you know, the symbiotes can speak English because they're connecting with you psychically. So it's not that they're speaking English, you're just interpreting their thoughts that way because that's what makes sense, right? Fine. But, like, I feel like that level of it was a little bit silly. 
And there's moments like that with the symbiote's humor too. Like, like it was hilarious. But like he calls Eddie a pussy, and it's like, oh yeah, how would you even know what the fuck that means? Or it's like, did he scan Eddie's brain and know that that's what it, you know what I mean? Yes, like, well, that's what clearly, he did. Clearly, that's what happened. That's sure. exactly what happened. And he didn't even cut deep because he doesn't like to be called that. So he was like, <laughs> fuck it, I want to jump out of the window. I know there's cops at the bottom. You're a pussy. And then you get double whammy by getting fucking go to the bottom. (laughs) I actually drew a lot of parallels between this movie and Transformers Part 1. If you guys recall, in that movie, the Transformers come to Earth very bare bones. They don't look like anything special. They're just robots. And they don't know anything. And they have to, like, go on the internet to learn stuff and all that jazz. And I wish we... I mean, you can't... You're not going to do that. But I wish that there there had been a little more, as much as I hate to say this, explanation as to how the symbiotes had all of this knowledge. Um, at some point, Eddie Brock says to Venom, oh, how do you know that? And Venom says, I know everything. And it's like, all right, I guess you well, know everything. Eddie Brock's well, like, a great reporter. Well, except Annie, right? That was a bad, that was a really bad moment in the movie, Marco. Thank you for bringing that up. I was confused. Yeah. Because he he said that earlier. He's like, I know everything you know. Who's Annie? Huh? Oh, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Could have showed that, I'm just stretching here, but it could have showed that maybe Eddie Brock had a little more control over it because he wasn't getting consumed right away. Yeah, but it's like, I feel like that's fine. If if they want to make it so Eddie can withhold some information from the symbiote, don't say, oh, I know everything. I I think him saying that was like a playful thing. I think him saying I know everything is him being a smartass. Yeah, that's fair. But I I, I do think that like the fact that we're sitting here having this, (coughs) this conversation speaks to the fact that like it was unexplainable. It's vague, right? Like, exactly what his abilities are and how they work are vague. And I don't think that you need to explain everything because the semi-horror elements of this movie, like, not explaining everything kind of works in its favor in some senses. It makes the symbiote a little more scary, a little more mysterious. And that's cool. But I think, like, to Sean's point, I don't really need, like, an explanation, but it would have been easy to have, like, a montage of, like, Eddie realizing he has the symbiote and there being, like, a day or so in between him doing something where they're, like, he's just living his life and the symbiote is, like, getting in the way, you know, and, like, trying to, like, ignore the situation or whatever, and it's, like, it's learning about him that way, you know, and he experiences some human culture, and, like, there would be more opportunities for humor, which, to me, were the best parts of the movie anyway. The parts that were just, the like, goofing off and really not dealing with the main plot were the most fun. It's like that thing. It's like when it was, like, not trying to tell me a story and it was just doing its thing, it was enjoyable. Yeah, and and to the point about the symbiotes and and their knowledge base, I really also didn't like the fact that Riot was able to get from Malaysia to San Francisco using other people's bodies. Like that was bizarre. Yeah, that was a weird like <coughs> plot. That thing th- that didn't make any sense because he was taking over people that were dead, if I recall correctly, or pe- or they were um, yeah, because he like took they're about to die. Or something. He took over that woman who he ended up using her body to fly to San Francisco. How did he know how to book a ticket? How did he book the ticket? Like, it was just, like, a lot of things were just like, how do you... Maybe he just, like, got enough people after, like, 20 corpses, and he was like, yeah, I think I know enough now. But he he stayed on He had a slow burn to, like, understand what everything was until he got to the head honcho, and then it was like, oh, okay. This is, like, 
top brass. Yeah, I guess like if he's scanning people's brains as he's taking them over. And as far as like Venom knowing everything, like he did say right in the beginning, he's like, I know everything, and like, you know, if you don't do what I say, you might not survive. A bunch of other crap. He clearly was lying to him. He was just probably to intimidate him, you know, like just wanted to be the top dog, you know? Well, there were two different instances where he said, I know everything. One of them was related to like the world that I disregarded. The other one was related to, I know everything that's going on in your head because we're bonded. That was why I thought it was weird that he asked about who Annie is because you would know that. As far as Riot goes, though, he only took over two bodies, if I remember correctly, and then jumped into the little girl. Both of those people were dead. How did he get to know how to book a flight? Well, he could have eaten eaten brains. He had, he had three hosts. He could have eaten he brains had, along the way. He had three hosts. It was the first the first woman, the pilot, the old pilot, yeah, the pilot, pilot, the older woman. No, 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 no. The you, nurse said, you missed one. The nurse woman. Yeah, pilot, nurse, old woman, little girl. Okay, yes. There were right. two little girls, weren't there? No, no just one. No. <laughs> um. So. You know, whatever. Either way. Oh, wait, you know what, Sean? That does answer your question. He didn't know to get the ticket. He took over the little girl and then just got on the plane. Just fell in love. No, he took he took the flight as the the woman, the adult Asian woman. No, he got to the airport. I think. He, yeah, he got to the airport yeah. as her, and then killed the mom. Presumably, oh. took the little girl. Took the flight, and he had the nurse from the Life Foundation prior, so it's like he right. knew he oh, needed to get right, there. Fair right. enough. That there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like that, that string actually, again, deduce. It, it's it's not super clear that that's yeah. what happens, but I think if you do, you know, put the push pins together, it, it does line up enough. All right, fair enough. Um, so I, I guess just sort of backpedaling over to Eddie Brock's character, um, did you like the portrayal here? Yeah, no, I had no issue. Why not, Mark? Mark, are you sitting up? For me, and this is something that I had issues with just in general with his acting, I think. Um, I don't feel like he portrayed an, an interesting enough character um, in, in the way that he sort of... There was no um, emotion outside of like the frantic nature, I feel like. like The love scenes, I don't think, were came off as very genuine. They just sort of felt... Play with pizza, but he just kind of he like kind of charmed his way through. They didn't feel like necessarily uh, like it was invoked. He just had this panic mode. There were there were all the, only these two extremes, and there wasn't anything else in the middle for me. Um, and I just found that to be a large issue. Hmm. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I I really liked him and 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 her together. I guess I could see why you wouldn't. But one moment that stuck out for me was when uh, Eddie had just dispatched uh, all those um, those agents that were after him, the Life Foundation people, and he's talking to um, Annie, and he's kind of like, I, she's like, oh, you're sick. And he's like, I'm scared. That moment yeah. really kind of hooked me because it's like, oh, okay, cool. You're having a normal human's reaction to this. And I thought, I, actually, I honestly thought he did the whole time. That whole time where he was going through it, it's like, all right, well, you're doing weird stuff. You're jumping in, in, in you know, lobster uh, pools or whatever, and you're you're eating random food. And it's like, obviously, he's having a crazy experience. 
So I didn't take that as him playing for jokes. I took that as, as like, he doesn't have control over what's happening with himself. He doesn't know what to do. He's doing anything he can to try to live through this. Yeah, and I felt like, I agree with you, Sean. And I, I felt like in the moments where he was lucid, finally, and he was making jokes, I was like, well, that also totally makes sense to me. Because it's the same principle of why Spider-Man jokes about things all the time. It's because this is an incredibly stressful situation where my life is on the line. And humor is a super healthy way to cope with something like that. I'm just like, yeah, like, I'm on a motorcycle that's literally flying through the fucking streets. Like, that would freak you the hell out. It's like, you know, trying to cut the tension. That's how some people deal with trauma. You know, it's like, I'm going to joke my way through this. And, like, if I fucking land on my feet, I guess I'm going to keep moving. I like, I like the way he... I like the way they did those scenes where he was being grafted with the symbiote because it was still uh, adapting to the new host. And so he was just constantly sweaty and wet and overheating. He jumped in the lobster tank because he was overheating and then he just ate a lobster live from like the outside of its exoskeleton. And all that was really interesting and cool. And it was also like low-key funny too. Oh, it yeah. Cool scene in particular was the moment for me where I was like okay this movie isn't what I'm thinking it was supposed to be and where I started sort of changing like, okay maybe I shouldn't be looking at it as serious as I was. Folks I looked at Marco four separate times during the movie and he was just stoic faced. No reaction. Well because I think what's funny is like the the pitch for like Sean you said the commercial or the commercials the trailers didn't do it any favors and I no. agree because like they sold it as like an edgy hard, like, serious movie, and it's not that at all. It's really fucking goofy. Well, to that point, though, I wonder if the movie was that at some point. Because we've talked about... There's a lot of movie cut. We've talked about the fact that this movie absolutely, at some point in the very early stages, was talked about being R-rated. We talked about that many times. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we haven't talked about this, but Tom Hardy said this week that 40 minutes were cut from the movie. So it was like his favorite parts were cut. Right. Too, and so. with how Suicide Squad went, we know that the, the, the film that came out wasn't the director's initial vision. Like they could have made it this when it wasn't this. We you know, it's it's hard to know. Um and and I wanted to hear Thompson's uh, thoughts about the 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 Eddie Brock character like did you like that character were you invested I mean like I don't necessarily know enough of the comic character to really say but like the other exposure I have obviously is like Spider Man three which was like a terrible experience so <laughs> like as far as from what I liked about it like I know he's supposed to be from New York and everything I like that they addressed that he got ran out of the town I like that he's kind of like like screw it I just do it my way you know like it made it made sense it like it definitely had like that that vibe that I got from 
what I would expect from the character that I like from the little I know at least. And um, just like it was fun to watch a guy like go mad kind of, you know, like I think the sweatiness and all that was kind of funny. Like it's just he clearly seemed desperate. Did a lot you relate of, to that? <laughs> like I guess a little. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like I don't know. Like I seem like his desperation shined through a lot of those scenarios. Like even when he was doing badass shit, it was kind of just like I don't really want to be doing this. But I mean, fuck it. I guess my other choice is die. So that's great. I don't know. He's just it's it seemed like he he like kind of like really enjoyed what he was doing at least when he was acting in it, which was like cool for me. And I don't know. I always like made this joke like I always get worried when Tom Hardy has too many lines in a movie because his best lines are the ones where he's pretty silent. So having him make quips that were actually funny and him talking a lot and it didn't ruin it for me. It was like great. Like I just thought that was really cool. Like he's actually kind of funny. He was a big guy in this movie. Okay. okay. For you. Uh-huh. Thank you. I was waiting for the bane. Oh, right. fuck. <laughs> it's Bane. Oh, it's late. That one went right over my head. So there was a moment where uh, Eddie Brock went to the... It's a bridge in San Francisco. What's that called? The Golden... The, what's Golden it? Gate. Golden Gate, Gate Bridge? Yeah, right? yeah. Golden Gate Bridge. And from what I know about that bridge, is a lot of people go there to commit suicide. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I really like that he went there, and it makes you think, "Oh, he's going to commit suicide right now." Because like they thought about it, yeah. And then he pivots from that, and he's like, "Actually, I'm going to dig myself into a deeper hole with this whole conspiracy thing. I'm going to take Carlton Drake down, however I can." Um, I just felt like that showed the conviction of the character that even though things went south for him, instead of killing himself or just you know finding a hole to die in he's actually like nah i'm gonna i'm gonna go all the way with this i really like that it's not just that you see his conscience too because uh when he is you know snooping around the facilities taking pictures of the symbiotes and everything he sees a homeless woman that he befriended because uh drake had been abducting homeless people off the streets to be involuntarily volunteers for these procedures because he's exploiting just poor people that have nothing left to live for. And he sees this woman and he busts her out because, like, she's clearly, like, suffering. But it turns out she was the initial host for the Venom symbiote, which I thought was a really interesting way for to have this introduction of Venom with Eddie Brock. So that takes me to my next point, which is that obviously the way that Eddie and Venom first encounter each other is very different than the way he traditionally does in the comics, uh, which makes a lot of sense because um, there's no Peter Parker element. I thought that when he went to the bridge, he would jump off or something would happen and and he would encounter the symbiote there. What I want to know is, are you guys happy with the way they first encountered each other did you like that how that was done i thought it was interesting uh i don't really care about how it was done because it's like at the end of the day like it, it was a means to an end right like they needed to have eddie meet the symbiote mm-hmm. and it was it was a solid way to do it um what i thought was really cool though was i actually thought that venom was the symbiote that dropped in malaysia at first. yes me too um 
I, so I figured that the three that were in the light foundation were the three that were going to be the baddies. Yep. You yep. know, and Venom was going to show up and try to, you know, I don't know, do something. And I wasn't quite sure where that was going, but when it was revealed that, oh, like as soon as Brock actually got it, I was just like, oh, this throws everything that I was thinking, you know, on its head. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Surprise me. You know? Yeah. Yes, Pete, enjoy the movie. Yes, cherish it. <laughs> Savor it. Yeah, I mean, like, why wouldn't I? I'm, I'm probably the, you know, I'm the biggest Spider-Man fan on the show. Of course I'd be excited for a better movie. I don't even know what you're talking about. He's rewriting wow. history, folks. <laughs> wow, that's let's, rough. Let, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Riz Ahmed's character, uh, Carlton. Oh wait, Drake. real quick. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say something about the meeting. I actually thought that was like a really interesting point that like he met the homeless person that he befriended because I think possibly, maybe, just because we we're I was saying before that like they do take their memories and they're maybe a little bit of their personality with them. That's the only reason the Venom symbiote with Eddie Brock didn't just try to destroy him. Because maybe it was like, oh, I took the person that, like, that person, she obviously was very, like, happy with his $20. She really enjoyed, like, his company. Maybe it flavored his mind a little bit to just not yeah, destroy like, you know, him. Towards Eddie. That's an interesting point. And people in that. general, too, because she had received kindness from him. And, like, that was, like, the first person that really had, I guess, like, seen that. Or the symbiote that had seen that. Didn't, didn't he say at one point that he was the most compatible he had been? Up in that yeah, yeah. And it was that he was the most compatible, but I think like the point is like you know, he like he decides like right. The first thing he says is cooperate, and maybe I won't kill you. And then he's but, like, you know what, Eddie, I like. But maybe yeah, cooperation yeah. and compatibility are dictated because of like the difference in the, the minds, right? And if it's already had a human mind once or twice in it, oh, uh, I was just saying. I don't know. I'm just like theorizing here. I don't know. And they, they, they never explain. But why. they don't explain, right? This right, is just right. me grasping. Wait, so. guys. More, more importantly. How do you guys feel about Eddie's second encounter with Venom? The sexual encounter? Yes. Oh, oh, it was fucking great. It was amazing. <laughs> it, was a, it was an amazing scene, and I, I think that was one of the best parts. Yeah, it would probably haunt my nightmares, but hey. I didn't really think it was that bad. I think it was great. Uh, it was nice. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I mean, whatever. It, you know, it, it was... Sounds it was, tentacle. <laughs> I'm the one saying I liked it. <laughs> It was. Uh, gonna say he's <laughs> it was really surprising that it even happened. I didn't expect that at all. Uh, but then when it did, I was like, "Oh, cool! That's interesting." <laughs> that's what oh. I'm saying. And with the oh, cool. oh. And, and that's how you start. Did you guys think this is just a random thought? Did you guys think that Venom was lying when they were in the hospital and? Uh, Annie's new boyfriend was telling Eddie that his heart was dying or whatever the hell he was saying. And Venom was like, oh, no, I can fix you. You'll be fine. Do you think that he was lying? Because if Eddie was dying that whole time, why didn't Venom save him before? So uh, I was thinking that because, like, let's say Venom was the cause of all that. Well, he was because he at that point he was like sort of transitioning him and like actually taking over his body. But then... If that was true, there was a point where they were separated for an extended period of time, or one would assume to the point where, you know, if his heart had atrophied, would immediately start to atrophy again. Like, there would assumingly be ramifications to Venom leaving his body. So, I think you told him the truth that he did repair him and, like, fix him. And even, even though after he kind of destroyed his body, he would repair that. 
I don't know, honestly. Well, now that you're pointing it out, because because like, the timeline's a little messed up for me. Because like, I could I could buy that it was a lie, right? If that's the free item to decide that I like you, Eddie, because it means to an end, who cares, right? But I feel like hadn't we already seen him fix his legs at that point? I you? think so. It, you know, well, if he dies, he dies. Though. Yeah, right, right. one dies, the other dies. <clears throat> All right, so I wanted to talk about the villain in the film, uh, Carlton Drake, who's played by Reza Med. What did you guys think about him? Um, he was. I oh, go ahead. Oh, I was. I was gonna make a bad joke. He was. Uh, he read his lines. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Damn. Uh, I I I feel like. The material wasn't great. Like, like the the dialogue itself wasn't great. It was, you know, sort of stuff we've seen in in superhero movies back in the aughts. Like, it it was very tropey, and I think that was something that didn't that wasn't great for the film. Um, and I think it really impacted his character for me specifically. And um, I don't know. He just felt flat. Like, the motive was because he sort of, I, I don't know, it was very comic book villainy, and that's what this movie kind of was. So it, from a, I don't know, it, 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 it's, it's sort of in like a weird place for me. Uh, it's okay, but I don't like it. love it. Uh, yeah, I, um, I don't know if I would say comic book villainy i think it's bad villain right like yeah um so go ahead, Pete. it's funny because I, I felt like his human side worked for me because I, I think especially given um and this is like unintentionally i think just worked out but i think given all the stuff that's been going on with like elon musk recently <laughs> uh, i also thought elon musk yeah, yeah, boy definitely thought that you know yeah um like I, the idea of like the kind of the man of tomorrow taking us into the deep space. Right, and the whole thing of him being like, him thinking of himself as a great man. I'm carrying right? cancer and uh, global warming. And at the end, he's justified the means because he's exceptional and all that kind of stuff. It felt very like, all right, you were managed to like chill down over there. and uh, Fun my company, SpaceX. Yes. Uh, so that, that actually worked for me. It, it was when he bought him with the symbiote that I lost interest in him. Because I think he... Was consumed by that character, and he he was more interesting on his own. Yeah. And as soon as he became part of this, I'm sorry, Tom, as soon as he became part of the symbiote, it felt very much like he was neutered. Like yeah. he was supposed yeah. to be the big dog who had all the cards, and then he was just like, "Oh, I'll do whatever you want." Well, it was his yard. I mean, wolf, wolf, I to be fair, like you know, I think that's what they were trying to show. Like he obviously was like the big bad until like he was the symbiote and i think that's right. kind of the point though for venom to even win it was sort of like friendship we bonded like we're we're equals and versus like oh the symbiote isn't going to win because he's just kind of taking over you know mm -hmm. but it he was really like just kind of nothing after that happened he was cool as hell i thought until that point but he didn't really like do anything special i mean can remind me of, like the villain from Ant-Man a little bit in the first one. It's just like I have a corporation and I'm advancing yeah. this thing. I'm a bad guy with money and also I suit. yeah, like also the suit, the symbiote, like the hero gets the power kind of from the same group. So it's I don't yeah. know, a little 
a little weird, but it's tired. Yeah, it wasn't like anything exceptional, but it worked. You know, I think the fight I, was the worst part. Was the, when they finally came to blows, it was terrible. Though, it's fucking hilarious that the way the evil symbiote died was by a rocket ship exploding. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just in a rocket. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <And> it exploded. <laughs> and remember, that was out of It was because no, he wasn't was protected. Did, did anyone notice how close that rocket was to the nearby buildings when it would launch off? Like, that just, like, triggered me pretty much. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually oh, thought that was the weakest part of the whole movie, was that it just was, like, ham-fisted, like, all right, we're just going to do this launch right now, which that would never happen. Uh, and Sean, it was an ending that went off with a bang. Mm. So, <laughs> my God. Uh, it's just funny because everybody's also like, why are you doing this? How are you going to be able to pilot this? Like, this is a bad idea. We're not, and, and then, like, they're just like, well, okay, well, we'll do it. Like, cool. he's the boss. boss. He's scary boss, though. They, they, they are legitimately afraid of him. The, the one scene with the assistant earlier where he's like, how is your kid? How are your kids, by the way? Sure. Like, clearly what he did no. to Eddie Brock and what he did to, uh, to uh, his ex fiance. He's also like murdering all those people a lot. Yeah, like and if I worked and a former employee. If I worked for him, I'd be like, man, I don't know, but definitely don't want to cross him. Yeah, right. I mean, you can't exactly. leave at that point. You know, I'm one year away from getting my pension. Yeah, I really wish he didn't monologue so much. Uh, that was annoying. Yeah. I thought, but every time he's on screen. But taking it back to the end of the movie, um. Yeah, that whole sequence was just really just, it felt forced and rushed just to try to get to the end. Makes me feel like there's probably more there that happened that was left on the cutting room floor. Um, the 40 minutes that Tom Hardy loved. Yeah. Director's cut. Director's <laughs> cut. Director's Yo, cut. Y'all gotta have like an hour worth of material. I honestly think this movie would have been a lot better if... It wasn't just him. If if there was more to the Life Foundation, similar to what it was like in the comics, but uh, I guess I can understand why they wanted to keep it sort of basic. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's much else to say about that character. He's kind of one note. Well, he gave a little girl his pin on his jacket, so he was a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It establishes how great he is. The only good thing he does all all movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah or that. Uh, so yeah, and, and we talked about the well, we we loosely talked about that uh, fight scene between Venom and Riot. I agree with you, Pete. I think that was awful looking, really, really it's bad. A low, it's a true low point. Yeah. Again, like <laughs> look like some HR Geiger shit that I just couldn't discern. Like, I, don't know. I made I made the Transformers reference earlier, and when I saw that, it was I was right back to that where. Not the whole Transformers movie, but there were certainly points where it's like, okay, who's fighting who? What are they doing? Yes. Like, it's just stuff I said happening. the same thing while we were walking home, Sean. Yeah. Uh, once we had split up. Yeah. Undiscernible. Like, it, it, it felt like instead of smashing action figures together, it was just like, just goop. It was a goop fight. And I, and I, I know I made a comment earlier, kind of half-jokingly, but like... Even though it's comics accurate to make him look that way, it's like, bro, pick a different color. Yeah. Like, make him blue or something. Like, Contrast. So that at least there's two distinct colors. And, like, we could get a sense of the fact they were mixing. Because he literally just looked like, okay, what if Venom was gray and had spikes <laughs> and was really fucking veiny? It would have been better had, if Venom had the symbol because it would have been more discernible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think. It made, it made him look kind of, like, just flat. 
Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with him not having the symbol in this movie in general. I just mean for that particular fight, it would have helped to help him stand out against Riot. Uh, I also think that they maybe they could have gone with one of the other symbiotes because there's like five, right? And they're all different colors. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's a blue one, you know, there's a uh, whatever. There are other colors. Yellow. There's a green, purple, blue, and yellow for sure, I think. So, uh, it's not in the budget. There's several <laughs> options. Yeah, there were several options, and they went with the one that was the worst. Although Riot, I, I would argue, other than Scream, is the most recognizable of those. So I, I get it, but it just didn't work on Scream. It didn't There's work. One of those things, man. It's like, bro, you change the character's entire origin story. We can't change the color of one of the villains, or even just giving them a different accent color or something. Like, there's so many things you could have done just to make it look discernible between the two. It's not and budget. Have me just. Like, get lost in the fight. That whole time I was thinking, wow, it'd be cool if he was red. Ooh, that's carnage. <laughs> right. I, I, Wait till the next movie. I honestly feel like this movie should not have included symbiote on symbiote action. I feel like I it would have been fine if they had done, if the Life Foundation had a squad like it does in the, in the, well, I guess it wasn't the Life Foundation that had the squad, but it was those. Those guys who, the mercenary yeah, guys. yeah, like if they had something like that worse. or whatever, like the digger, the the sentry, whatever, all those guys. Um, yeah, like just introduce a group of people like that and explain it by saying, "Oh, they work for the Life Foundation; they're their enforcers, yeah. or whatever." Like, not hard. You're like, I, we didn't need anybody interesting. We just needed some people for Venom to fucking bite the heads off. Of. Well, they had, and they had those guys—the merc, well, not the mercenaries, but the hired guns—early on who, who were fighting with uh, Venom. Why couldn't those people have just been? more of a threat, I guess. All, yeah, like, how easy would it have been to have it play out exactly the same way, but instead of the last scene where Venom whoops the fucking shit out of him and then eats the one dude's head, have that be the scene where they show up in the power armor. Right. Yeah. And they're trying to contain Venom because he's the last one, and that's why we're busting out the big guns, and then Venom bops them all again, and you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it like, writes itself. You know? Like, this isn't even like our idea. This is based off the book that they based this on. That being said, though, I actually like the fact that the movie did not end on the symbiote on symbiote smash fest. I really enjoyed that final scene of him going back to the uh, to the bodega and the you know the same sequence playing out of that woman being held at gunpoint, but now Eddie Brock is empowered to do something about it. And so he does. And we saw that in the trailer. Uh, I don't know why they gave away like the last scene in the movie. It makes me feel like it probably wasn't always the last scene in the movie. But um, I really enjoyed that, actually. I liked it a lot. It's, yeah, it's funny because I thought that scene sucked out of context. But in context, it's like, oh, yep. yeah, this is a callback and it works. In For me, that scene sort of left me kind of confused as to what Venom was. I don't feel in terms of was he a hero? Is he not? Is he an anti-hero? Like <laughs> what? Like wh- he's a symbiosis of both things. <laughs> but like, like, but like, what? What? What is he? How do I define him? What am I supposed to be categorizing him as? If anti-hero. But is he like what? Like I don't feel yes. like the he. He doesn't know what he's allowed to eat and not eat. He's a hungry boy, and he has the. Uh, 
I don't know. Tom Hardy telling him what to eat. That's that's like I don't know. The takeaway is that he likes tater tots, chocolates, and also you know heads, prisoners, <laughs> prisoners. criminals' heads. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's like in uh, in Terminator Two, right? Uh, the Terminator doesn't know what's okay to do and what's not okay to do, and John has to draw that line. I think yeah. Eddie is very similar in this, where Venom is a wild dog. Eddie has to rein him in, and I think that's actually part of the fun. So as to what Venom is and what you're supposed to get from it, the answer is he's whatever he wants to be, and Eddie has to do his best to keep that monster in check. And I think that whenever we get a sequel, um, they're going to use that, and they're going to play with that because it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so It'll be carnage. Then we get to the end. We you know Credits roll and everything. We get the mid-credits scene, which includes... Uh, Eddie Brock going to a prison to, to, to interview a uh, serial killer who goes by the name of Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. the person who eventually is Carnage. Um, played by Woody Harrelson, which we already knew what was crazy was that he had the wig, the red hair wig. The wig was special. <laughs> yeah. That wig, that wig was, he was like motherfucking carrot top, bro. Uh, I was thinking Raggedy Ann. I loved it. I didn't know how to feel about it. I think I didn't like it, but... Um, it, it was goofy. Oh, it was terrible. But it was it was terrible in the way that all the terrible things in this movie are terrible, and that they made it better. Because it was just like, it's funny. It's fucking so, funny. And then the way he just mugs the camera, he's like, it'll be carnage. It's like, it sure will be Woody. And they call, <laughs> you, ha- you have to say it like Woody Harrelson, it'll be carnage. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I really uh, thought, like, this whole movie like was was pretty good. That ending scene was okay, but like the one thing I was just thinking about, I was like, man, it'd be really neat if they did like a Carnage USA movie. Like that, I could get behind something like that, where it's just over the fucking top. Because this movie didn't take itself seriously. That comic didn't take itself seriously. I would love to see something ridiculous like that come in a sequel. Like that, that just doesn't. See Carnage dress up as Uncle Sam. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If that's... Woody Harrelson's got a wig on, looks like Carrot Top, why can't well, we make him Uncle Sam too? Well, my you know thought. What? What, what, go ahead, Marco. Say your joke. Oh, how'd you know? Because <laughs> of course it's a joke. Damn, but now it's not gonna be funny. It wasn't gonna be funny anyway. It was. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Phil. <laughs> well, I like I like it's it's it, it takes the piss out of itself in the sense that he has this really stupid one-liner. I will get out of here, and it'll be carnage. But he's wearing a Raggedy Andy wig yeah. while saying it. It's and ridiculous. Without the wig, it would have been really stupid. With the wig, it was really stupid and great. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he needs a top hat and ask me Uncle Sam in the sequel. You heard it here first, folks. While we're on the scene, guys, here the- comes the joke. You- <laughs> Twice. Oh, how does it feel, Marco? It hurts. <laughs> All right, let's let's get out of here. Um, we gave our our final impressions earlier, so you kind of have a feel for what we thought about the movie. Uh, just to sum up, it's fun. You will have a good time if you go. Uh, again, if you're inclined to want to see this, don't let the negative press that the movie has received dissuade you from doing so there is a lot to love here warts and all i think because of the tone because of the fact that it doesn't take itself that seriously uh you can you can just 
turn your brain off a little bit and go along for the ride. Obviously, there was a lot to critique. We just did that. But I think ultimately, um, it's it's enjoyable. And that's really all a movie has to be. Um, granted, there are movies that we, we have higher expectations for, but Venom was not one of them. And so if you go in knowing that, I think you'll enjoy yourself. So that's going to do it here for this review of Venom. Uh, we are the Comics Pals. We do a podcast that drops weekly. Uh, every Monday, you can listen to us talk about everything from movies to comics, uh, games on the Video Game Pals. So uh, check us out all over the internet. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Apple Podcasts. If you want to get us on social media, we are at the Comics Pals. If you want to write to us, we are thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can write to us with your thoughts on Venom, and we will read them on the air. Uh, and last but not least, if you are watching this on YouTube, thanks a lot. And um, make sure to leave us a like, drop us a comment, share the video with your friends, and subscribe to our channel. Those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. So make sure to do those things and hit the notification bell so that you are made aware when we drop our content. So with that, with the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next time. Have a nice life. Bye. Have a nice life. Oh, <laughs> that was brilliant. We are pleased. <laughs> Vindicated. <laughs> 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 <laughs>